Glads Nation, and welcome to episode 11 of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. I am the host, Mike Folta, the Director of Broadcasting and Communications for the Glads. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Amazon, wherever you're tuning in from. Leave us a review, give us a nice five-star rating, and all that good stuff. For, for, for more team info, follow us on social media. At ATL Gladiators, that is on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us online at AtlantaGladiators.com. Today is Tuesday, November 30th. The Gladiators are on the road, and we have Gladiators defenseman Anthony Florentino with us today. That interview coming up in just a little bit. But first, let's kind of break down where things are at right now for the Glads. Atlanta sits uh, right in the middle of the South Division as we record this. Currently, there's seven. Five and two here on the season so far. Still very early on. Glad's with a winning record. They have slipped down in the standings a little bit here recently, but keep in mind that they are they have a couple games in hand on pretty much every other team in the South Division. The Glads just finished up seven games in ten days. It was a very busy week and a half here for the Gladiators. Atlanta went one, one, and two this past week. They won once on Thanksgiving. Uh they lost Uh, A couple days after that, and they lost twice in overtime. So even though they only win one of those four games in the past week, they get points in three of the four. Hugo Wah has three goals in his last three games for the Glads. He's starting to heat back up. Remember, he had an incredible start to the year with four goals in four games. He gets called up to Belleville. Then his first couple games back from Belleville was a little quiet offensively. Now he is finding the back of the net once again. And then a couple of the leaders up front are pouring in the points as well here. Derek Nesbitt and Cody Sylvester both have points in their last three games. Uh, Some transactional news here for the Gladiators. Goaltender Kevin Mandeleze has been reassigned from Belleville to Atlanta by the Ottawa Senators. So Mandeleze is a young former sixth round pick of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, He is a, a prospect for this Ottawa pipeline and they are sending him down to Atlanta to get some more reps. Really, this was nothing. This had nothing to do with anything that Mandelaze did or the way he was playing. This move comes immediately after two-time or uh, two-time Stanley Cup-winning goaltender Matt Murray was reassigned to Belleville from Ottawa. Things had not been working out with Murray at the NHL level this season. Um, He had been a little banged up, trying to hit the reset button as uh, as the head coach of the Beesens, Troy Mann, put it. But Murray. Clears waivers, he gets bumped down to uh, to Belleville, and so that creates kind of a log jam in the goaltending crease for the B-Sens, and that means that Kevin Mandeleze comes back down to Atlanta from Belleville. So Mandeleze is actually on his way to Norfolk right now uh, to join the Glads here on this three-game road trip that they have out in Virginia. Not sure when we're going to see him this week, but we do expect him at some point. Uh, Chris Nell the other goaltender, along with Tyler Parks um, for the Glads. But Chris Nell has been placed on reserve. Uh, so that means that there's a pretty good chance that we see Mandeleze either uh, in net uh, here Wednesday or, or potentially later this weekend against the Admirals. So that's kind of where things sit right now for the Gladiators. Atlanta has three games in four days against the Admirals here in Norfolk. It's the first time that these two teams are meeting this season. First game is on Wednesday. Uh, the next two are on Friday and Saturday. 
Let's get to our send segment here this week before we uh, get to hang out with Anthony Florentino. It's kind of a short send segment here where we give updates on the NHL and AHL affiliates of the Gladiators. Not too much to report here this go-around. The Ottawa Senators are continuing to struggle. They are 4-14-1 on the season. Remember, this was an Ottawa group that uh, didn't have necessarily high expectations coming into this year, but people around the organization were optimistic. And they have just been decimated by COVID cases and by injuries. And so they have really not had a full lineup uh, for the last couple of weeks. They had three games suspended due to COVID. They have gotten back to action since those three suspended games. And they've lost all four games since coming back from that COVID postponement. Uh, they've lost their last five contests dating back to November 14th. And it's been a just an abysmal month of November for Ottawa. They've only won one game this month. They have one win and 11 losses in the month of November. The Senators play tomorrow at home against the Vancouver Canucks. It's a very winnable game for Ottawa, uh, but they have really been struggling lately. Belleville down in the AHL is a different story, though. The B-Sens have won four in a row. They pounded Laval Rocket on Saturday, a 7-3 win. Uh, but the, the B-Sens are starting to kind of turn the ship around after a slow start to the season. Remember, with all those injuries and COVID cases up in Ottawa, players were getting yanked out of Belleville left and right. Well, now some of those players are starting to return, of course, including Matt Murray, uh, who won two Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But... The Belleville Senators have got some reinforcements. Uh, they've got some new life kind of back uh, back in their dressing room. They've won a few games, strung some W's together here in the last couple weeks, uh, and they have moved up to fifth now in the North Division standings. Belleville plays uh, the Utica Comets tomorrow night. Of course, uh, the Utica Comets had that incredible start to the season. They won 13 in a row uh, to start the year. Uh, in the AHL. So it'll be a tough task for Belleville here on uh, Wednesday night, but nonetheless, the B-Sens are hot. All right, it's time to bring you our interview with Glad's defenseman Anthony Florentino. But before we do that, we do want to thank our partner, Orthosport and Spine Physicians. Orthosport and Spine Physicians is now the official team doctor of the Gladiators, as well as the naming partner for the Glad's Home Ice. Orthosport and Spine Physicians specializes in providing state-of-the-art, minimally invasive treatments for complex neck and spine problems, as well as sports-related injuries and conditions. They also serve patients who travel to their office from other areas in the southeast and throughout the country. Let them help you get back in the game. And now, Anthony Florentino. And now we welcome in a Gladiators defenseman, Anthony Florentino. Anthony, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Has it always been Flo? Uh, yeah, I think uh, it goes back to even my dad. Okay. I think my mom even calls my dad that, or Jimmy Flo every now and then. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're like what Flo the second or Flo Junior? Or? I'm the fifth. <laughs> The fifth. Yeah, I'm the youngest of five. Okay, man. All right. So there's a few flows out there. Um, well, thanks for joining us here. Take us through the start of the season here with the Gladiators. Uh, we're recording this uh, in, in late November. You guys are about to hit the road here in, uh, in a few hours and head up to, to Norfolk to play the Admirals. But take us through the start uh, of your season so far. Uh, yeah, I think we got a pretty, uh, pretty special group. Um, you know, we got a lot of older guys, but a lot of young guys too. Uh, so I think we got a pretty deep team. Uh, this is my fifth year in the the ECHL, and uh, based off of the teams I've been on, this is uh, definitely the deepest um, 
in regards to the three line, the ten forwards, and mm-hmm. you know the decor and our goalies. So it's uh, been a pretty good start. Um, thing with the coach, you play so many games, that yeah. it goes up and down so quickly. But you know, you're never really out of the fight um, mm-hmm. with how many games you play. So uh, I think we, you know, we put ourselves in a good spot, and yeah, it should be a fun road trip. Yeah. Uh, a couple days ago on Thanksgiving, uh, you guys win four to three here at home against Greenville. You block a shot on all fours, pretty much in front of what looked like a wide open net to, to basically save the game. <laughs> there, uh, how bad did that one hurt? Because it looked like it stung you a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it didn't feel great, but uh, where to get you? Right in the foot. Okay. Um, but you know, two two points feels even better. So yeah, I'll take it. And uh, growing up. I was always a designated goalie for my older brother, so it was uh, kind of just a little flashback. Now, you got a bunch of older brothers, is that right? Yeah, I got three. Okay, so so they'd stick you in net and just kind of take target practice then? Yeah, it was only full contact on goalies, so uh, <laughs> I'm used to as many slap shots and full body checks you can imagine. Yeah, yeah they got to give you a save for that because that, uh, that saved the game right there, but that was a... That was a funny one. Uh, you've been getting some power play time here uh, here as well recently. Um, do you think the coach likes you out there because you are willing to, to take the shot from up high? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, power play, you know, you see all the teams now. They're, you got the video, and they're adjusting to all the scene passes and things like that. And when you're, you know, shooting more, it creates more chaos, and the de- uh, penalty kills are running around, so they're getting tired, and, when you just keep peppering the goal with shots, I think it's pretty effective because um, obviously it's simple. And, mm-hmm. you know, when the PK does get tired, that's when you can expose the seam. So I, I, I think my shot does help. Um, you know, makes my job pretty easy. But <laughs> just setting nothing, up top, yeah, teeing them up. There's nothing better. So. <laughs> uh, what is it like playing under uh, head coach Jeff Pyle? This is your first year here under under Pyle. What's that been like so far? Uh, it's been great. Uh, I'm grateful for, you know, the opportunity, especially after COVID year. You didn't really know what to expect. Um, and just the past couple of years for me have been pretty difficult. So playing here, you know, I'm gaining my confidence back. Um I love coming in the rink every day. Uh, I don't even consider it work just because, you know, we get to play hockey for a living. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Pyler's been, you know, great for me. I found my love for hockey again. You know, I kind of owe my past couple months of enjoying hockey to him. Mm-hmm. Well, what's this group like, playing with with some, some older guys? It, it's a It's a deep defensive group, but it's a young defensive group as well. Yeah. Um, well, that kind of goes back to what I was saying about the depth of our team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, you know, with the way we track back from a transition game is probably the best I've seen this early in the season from any Coast team. But, you know, the older guys like uh, Sly, Pelly, uh, Nezzy, um, mm-hmm. they get a good hold in the group, and obviously they're our leaders. So they're uh, three good guys to look up to, listen to, and learn from. Mm-hmm. You mentioned kind of getting the love for hockey back. How does that happen? Is that just more more ice time, just a new group of guys, or, or just having fun at practice? I mean, how, how does that uh, start to manifest? Uh, I think it starts with the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're just being around everybody. And uh, another thing is, you know, every team, maybe you'll get a guy that you don't really get along with, but 
we don't really have that here and mm -hmm. uh, i think that's one of the more special things that um i'm appreciating right now and finding love it kind of just goes back to obviously you want to be competitive but the fun aspect of yeah. you know have some fun out there is it's good when you're being successful and you know your team's clicking you know just going out for a pregame skate and you know pass their crisp everyone's hooting and hollering and yeah it does make a difference mentally. Yeah. Well, it seems like uh, the head coach, Jeff Pyle, is a big part of that just because he, he's a guy that likes to keep things light. He's been around uh, the minor leagues for, for a, a long time. He's had a lot of success here, um, but but he does still like to have fun. Yeah, and I think that goes to uh, him being a former player just because yeah. you do get some coaches that don't play at you know the highest of levels, and uh, no disrespect to them, obviously, because there's a lot of su successful coaches out there that, uh, didn't really play that much, but uh, I think Pyler gets it because he was a player, mm. and that goes a long way with us. Because playing seven games in ten days, like obviously, it's you're not going to get the bounces every night, and yeah. he knows that, and he does a really good job keeping us grounded in certain aspects of the game that way. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the seven games uh, in ten days, a, a really busy stretch here. Uh, pull the curtain back a little bit on, on what it's like to, to travel in this league in the ECHL where a lot of times you will play in one venue Saturday night and then you'll play in another venue a few hours away in a Sunday afternoon like what you guys had this past weekend. Because I, I think people maybe just kind of assume that you guys teleport from one place to another when in reality, you know, like Saturday night, against uh, after the game against South Carolina, you guys have to get on a bus and drive through the night uh, to get to North Charleston. So how does that throw off everything you're trying to do on a game day? Uh, I think that just comes with adjusting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously pro lifestyle is different, but I, I think that's where having a good team and a close team comes in because, you know, some, some guy could have a tough game on, uh, like, the first game, and then we get on the bus and you get some guys playing cards or something. And, <laughs> Uh, with such a quick turnaround, you get, you kind of got to um, manage how long you're going to stress what happened in the game. So with the quick turnaround, you want to be able to, you know, learn from it. Like we're all pro hockey players. Like we know when we make a mistake and mm -hmm. um, having the group that we do, it's, uh, it's not beneficial to harp on it for so long. So I think that's why having a good group has actually helped us a lot because – yeah, got like our older guys, like we know when a mistake's made and things yeah. like that. So being able to just kind of flush it after that 20 minutes of reflection is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people look at the second game of back-to-back -back like like it's a detriment, like it's it's something that's gonna gonna hurt the team. But the way you're saying it, you're kind of you know longing for that next game. You want to play right away to to kind of right the the wrongs. So is that a good thing then to play back-to-back? -back? Do you guys like those? I think that's the best thing in sports because yeah. uh, you know. I mean, take our situation with South Carolina. Like, the the first game, the last 14 seconds killed us, but yeah. the best thing in the world was we got to make up for it the day after. Yeah. And, you know, it's that that's where, like, having it so fresh is actually beneficial for us because obviously somebody lays a big hit or something and you don't play him for two weeks, but mm -hmm. you still remember that big hit that you got to get the guy back or something like that. It's all right, now we play him the next day and redeem ourselves right away. Yeah. Are you the type of guy that, that needs, like, a hit? You need some contact to kind of get into the game a little bit? Or are you are you moving right from the start most nights? Uh, I, 
I like to think I'm kind of like a laid back guy. Yeah. So um, I try not to read too much into things like that because I know some guys are like live and die by. I, it, yeah. I need a hit, but then you don't get hit till the your fourth or fifth shift, and it just doesn't. You're just gonna. You wasted what four or five shifts? Yeah, <laughs> it's basically a whole period. Yeah. You can't take a whole period off, and in some games you can't even take a shift off. But um, yeah, for me it's. Uh, I'm not really. I don't think too much. About okay. It. I, I try not to um, focus too much on like uh, superstitions. I guess the only so pregame you don't have too too many of those superstitions. Uh, I do uh, with the way I get dressed. Okay. And I have a new one with Trent now, Trent and Mark. So um, <laughs> you want to divulge here? Yeah. Or? So uh, everything I do is left to right. Okay. So. Um, I put my left leg in my spandex, left sock, left shin pad, take my left skate down first, left elbow pad, left glove, left arm in my shoulder pad. So Everything so the whole left side of your body goes in first for the – so, like, uh, when I put my spandex on, I'll go left leg, right leg. Okay, okay, okay. I thought you were saying you, you would go, like, oh, left no, leg spandex, no, left no, leg sock no, off the no, shoulders. No, okay, no, okay. No. So it would go left to – so yeah. but I'll do each body part. So, like, left sock, right sock, left shin pad, right shin pad. Okay. Left sock. Okay. That's not that's not too crazy, I mean, compared to some of the other ones you hear. But if, I, if I'm not, like, paying attention, I'll – like, uh, I think it was two games ago, I put my right leg in my pants first, and then I put my skates on, and I had to take everything off <laughs> and start over. <laughs> Um, You're going to be late getting on the ice? No, no. I give myself enough time. But uh, And then I – once it gets to a certain point on the clock, I start to do everything at the exact same time. Okay. So, like, uh, I'll have my skates on at 26.42, and then I'll time – 26.42, okay. And then I'll time (laughs) at 26, and then I'll tape at 24, and then I will – uh, go get Gatorade at twenty one thirty. Okay, so it started out as like not that bad, and then it kind of evolved into in a little bit more complexity here. It, I feel like <laughs> I wouldn't say it's superstition because like some like if I don't do it, it's not going to throw me off. I yeah. just do it because it gets me into that. Like I think that's kind of getting into a rhythm, or yeah, like you saying, oh, some guys need to take a hit, like. I just need to do that because then I know gets you engaged. We're yeah. about to go okay. to war. Yeah, exactly. Are, are there any guys that do have kind of some crazy ones that you've seen in in this gladiators room? Uh, I feel like there's a lot of laid back guys for the yeah. most part. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Really, like okay. nothing unusual. Like obviously, some guys do the same stretching routine, things like that. But mm-hmm. in regards to like unusual things, it's not too crazy. Yeah, and I'm a pretty observant person. Like I can tell you how everybody tapes their shin pads, <laughs> tapes their shin pads, stick. Yeah, it's uh, I've just always done that for some reason. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, playing with Elijah Vilio, the, the rookie defenseman who you've been paired up with quite a bit here to start the year. What's it like playing with him? And uh, it looks like you guys have a lot of fun out there together. Yeah, uh, you know he he's obviously a rookie, um, but uh, <laughs> in my head he I kind of. I look at him as like Sea Biscuit because the kid can <laughs> he can absolutely fly. Sea Biscuit, he, he okay. can absolutely is young horse. Yeah, 
and he just absolutely buzzes around. He's one of the fastest guys I think I've played with, the, at least defenseman. Mm-hmm. But um, which is good for me because I'm not the you know offensive type to, yeah, to yeah. a T. So it's There's actually a bit of a yin and a yang to to that that defensive group with him and you. Yeah, and uh, you know it's good because he's young, um, but he's a sponge. He wants to learn. He mm. wants to get better every day. Uh, he works hard. And, uh, you know, he's got a good shot, and uh, his skating ability definitely helps both of us out of some uh, tricky situations every mm-hmm. now and then. Now, he's kind of an interesting case because he comes from collegiate hockey up in Canada, not a huge uh, league up there. And then, you know, he had played close to home, but now he comes to, to pro hockey. Do you think that's been kind of an adjustment for him? Like, do you notice that at all, or does he kind of just fit right in? And you mentioned him being a sponge. I'm guessing he's soaking up everything from from you and and all the other older guys in the room. Yeah, I think there's an adjustment period for anybody that comes from a different league, whether it's mm-hmm. you know the D zone coverage or just the style of play. Like you take guys that go over to Europe, uh, it's a bigger ice surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, the physicality is not as um, as much as it is here, and then. I know goalies have said that over in Europe the net from presence and the traffic isn't as bad either. So mm-hmm. I, I think – I wouldn't say there's anything that, you know, he wasn't handling. But there's yeah. obviously – I mean, there's progress for everybody to yeah. uh, gain. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously you go to any new league, there's going to be a difference in size and speed and yeah. uh, things like that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I do want to get into your career here as well, and, and I kind of want to go back to the, the beginning. You were uh, a draft pick of the Buffalo Sabres back in uh, 2013, I believe it was. So yeah. that was before your freshman year of college. Yeah. So are you coming out of high school? Are you playing AAA? Or? Uh, yeah, I was playing U18. Okay. So uh, my high school, um, it was a regular prep school my first year, uh, first in second year, and then uh, we went to a Shattuck St. Mary's format with the U15, 16, 18 teams. Mm-hmm. So my senior year, I played uh, 70 plus games. So it was nice because <laughs> there was a lot of exposure. Yeah. And at 18, you can play five games in a weekend, let alone seven days. So yeah. Um, yeah, we went to a uh, U18 format, just like uh, Shattuck St. Mary's, and. Uh, was drafted uh, that following uh, June, so okay. right after I graduated high school. So was there ever an option in your mind then to, to start playing pro hockey right then, or, or were you definitely going to go to school? Was that uh, always part of the plan? Yeah, I was always going to school. Okay. Um, you know, all these kids dream of, uh, you know, playing in the NHL, and obviously that was mine and mm-hmm. whatnot. Everybody thinks of it, but um, – I always wanted to win a national championship, yeah. and um, I was blessed enough to do so. So you end up going to, to Providence College. Who else recruited you? Um, I was talking to um, a good amount of the hockey schools. So okay. Just all in that, that northeast New England area? Uh, yeah. There is uh, Maine, Northeastern, UMass Amherst, okay. uh, BU. Because you're a Boston guy, how'd you uh, how'd you decide on Providence? What led you there? Uh, my high school was uh, 140 kids total. Yeah, and I I'm not a uh, I don't like big groups, um, <laughs> so um, I didn't want a big school. Yeah, and all those schools I was looking at were either too big, 
uh, school, like uh, student wise, or like Northeastern's campus is spread all, all through Boston. Mm-hmm. I was like, I lived there my whole yeah. life. It's I don't want this. And Providence was thirty eight hundred, I believe, my first year, and then by the time I graduated, it was forty two hundred um, students. Mm-hmm. But the campus is campus is gorgeous and it's uh it's like closed off so that was another thing i liked so it's not spread out it's not like it's part of the city it's its own kind of little community all all gated yeah Yeah. and uh that's exactly what i wanted and it was only like 55 minutes from my house so yeah so still close enough to go home on the weekends and and get some of the get some laundry done stuff like that then or (laughs) oh yeah i mean uh Boston Italian family. Uh, I was home every Sunday for dinner. So oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. The Mama Florentino with some some good cooking on the weekends then. Uh, or Papa Flo actually. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Ma- so it really depends on uh, what they're cooking that day because they each do. They each have their own like specialty. Dinner. Okay. But, uh, Does that come from each side of the family then, or? Uh yeah. Because uh, I'm actually, my name is. Sounds a hundred percent Italian, but I'm only twenty five percent. Oh, okay, not a pure blood, huh? Seventy five percent Irish. So, uh, a lot of our holidays are based off traditions from each side, and mm-hmm. um, our Christmas is the uh, Italian antipasto, uh, okay, type dinner, and Thanksgiving is the the turkey, obviously, but. Um, my mom makes some pretty mean Irish desserts. <laughs> oh man, that's the best of both worlds. Then when you when you go home, then huh? Yeah. Well, uh, my my grandmother on my dad's side used to uh, she used to make everything from meatballs to mm-hmm. anise cookies, pumpkin bread. And those are my fe- three favorite things, and uh, I actually haven't eaten them since she passed away. Oh, Just because man. I know nobody will ever make them as good as she. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're staying true to to her. You gonna ever try and replicate that recipe yourself then, or? I wouldn't disrespect her like. Okay, that. <laughs> all right, all right. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, back to Providence though. You do win a national championship. You get one your sophomore year. Talk us through that run because that had to have been just incredible, especially for you, a, a Boston kid playing in the Northeast. Yeah, well, we actually it was actually at the Boston Garden, too. right? So, uh, is it the TD Garden then, or it, yeah, TD, okay, or TD Bank North, the at the Boston Garden, Garden, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was actually pretty wild because um, usually right around St. Patrick's Day is when they announce the regional, the top sixteen teams, and we got knocked out of hockey's playoffs that year, and weren't even supposed to really make it Mm -hmm. and somehow we got the hockey gods on our side and we were the 16th seed but we were placed in providence for the region uh okay our regional tournament was it was us nebraska uh no i'm sorry us miami of ohio denver and i believe Maybe BC. I can't remember that yeah. four team, but we played Miami the first game of the tournament, and we were up six two, and their coach pulled the goalie twelve minutes left. Down four goals, twelve minutes. Twelve. Left. Okay. Miami yeah. pulled their goalie. I mean, what are you, you going to do? You know, like it doesn't matter if you win six two or they a made zillion it six two. five. <laughs> okay. 
They made it 6-5. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I think we practiced uh, empty nets for, like, the week after. I think we took, like, last 20 minutes of each practice. Oh, practice my gosh. With, uh, Were you guys just missing all over, every time down the ice and icing missing, it? Or? We're trying to get this guy a point, that guy a point. Mm. It was just like um, – So, then, a dream run almost came to an end right there. First game. So, then we played Denver – the next game and uh i think it's tied 1-1 or uh yeah tied 1-1 and their captain i think he was like a two or three year all american took a five minute major and uh my d partner at the time he was on the power play he just walked in uh scored made 2-1 and we scored two empty netters (laughs) (laughs) there you go practice paid off huh uh, so then a uh, week and a half later, open up against Nebraska-Omaha, uh, win that one four one, and then, I mean, anybody that knows. Luke Nogard's old club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were talking about was that. Was he on uh, that team yeah. then at the time? Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. he was. Um, and then uh, I would play BU. It was, my, uh, it, was my, it was my dream school until I saw the campus. Yeah. But um, – that was one of the craziest games I've ever been a part of. You guys win the national championship against BU. You scored the opening goal yeah. in that game. Yeah. What kind of shot was it? Slap shot. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slap shot on the power play, just setting up from the point? or No, it. Uh, our forward came down, and he actually hit the post. And it came right to me. About three feet from the top of the circles. I just stepped into one. Just, just let it rip. Oh, did yeah. You, did you know when it came off your stick? Uh, I was pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That had to have just been euphoric. You're a Boston kid. You're playing in your hometown. This is the national championship, and you score the opening goal. I mean, the place must have just erupted. Yeah. I mean, for the sea of red that, the, that BU had, yeah. um, it was nice to see the – the the friar faithful getting into it oh yeah yeah that was uh it was pretty special mm-hmm. uh a lot of uh nhl guys on that uh that providence team with you uh, uh, i can think of brandon tanev noel Chari. i know you mentioned a couple others earlier when we were talking before we recorded yeah we got achari tanev jankowski gillies wallman pino and i believe that's it and then mm-hmm. nick saracino He's had a successful pro career. Yeah. He's over in Europe now. Played a lot against uh, the Gladiators yeah. as a, with the Jacksonville Icemen. But uh, just a stacked team. I mean, and this was a Providence group that you guys were really good in the, the regular season and, and throughout the Hockey East play, but you weren't dominant necessarily by any stretch of the imagination. You were one of the better clubs, but did you guys think that you could make it all the way? Um, Like before postseason play started? Yes and no. Yeah. Like, we had some grown men on that team. Yeah. and I mean, every team hopes they or thinks they have a chance. They're hopeful. Yeah. And uh, we actually, it was kind of, it was special for us. We had a teammate. Uh, his name is Drew Brown. He was diagnosed with uh, Ewing sarcoma the year before. Mm. And he was battling and battling. And uh, the first time he actually skated, uh, he had a big procedure on his leg. And could barely walk for a long time. And the first time he skated was 
uh, our first day at the Frozen Four tournament wow. for pregame skate, and obviously we wanted to, you know, make it yeah. special for him because he was graduating. So the tournament, like the regional tournament, was. I think once we got to the regional tournament, it was if we knew we if we got out of that bracket, we it was yeah. ours. Um, and uh, yeah, we really wanted to get it done for Brownie. Yeah, I mean, you already are. are was that still in Providence at the time then, or was that just the regional that was? The regional was Providence. Okay, okay. So you guys come out of regional. You're you're playing in Boston for the the Frozen Four. You're already jacked up, and then add on the that emotional kind of X factor as well as, as playing for your teammate. I mean, what is that like in the room before a national championship game? I, uh, you can't even mm-hmm. put it into words cause you see a guy battling for his life and would do anything to be out there with us. And the least we can do is yeah, go to war for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that had to have been special then in the celebration kind of coming around him in that moment then as well. Yeah. Um, obviously with, uh, his condition walking, he was the last one on the ice, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a video. You can see everybody go towards him after. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Well, you, you win the national championship with Providence. You wrap up a really good career there. And then you start play in the AHL with the Rochester Americans, uh, was that kind of like um, a bit of a shock to the system moving up to, to pro hockey after your college, your senior year? Yeah, uh, I think uh, the college game is a lot different than the pro game. Mm. Um, Skill-wise, obviously you're getting top players in college, and then the AHL is basically the top players in that league. Yeah, But the structure of the game is a lot different, um, a lot more composed, a lot more structured. Um you try different things in college. You're more of a running gun. The AHL, you know exactly where everybody is at all times. If you're out of position, you're kind of you're stuck. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna hear about co- it. Yeah, in college, you can, you know, you're gonna get a shift every now and then where you can make up for it. But usually in the A, that wasn't it. And mm. it was only five games, but just that five games was a whirlwind coming from college. Yeah. And then you play a couple of years in Cincinnati. What was your time like there? You were a big part of that uh, that defensive group. But but what was your your time like uh, with the Cyclones playing in the ECHL for the first time in your first real full couple of professional seasons? Uh, I enjoy Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. you, you know, great organization, great fan base. Uh, nothing but good things to say about them. Um, they're no Atlanta, but um, <laughs> <laughs> good answer there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, no, the uh, the ECHL is probably the hardest league I've play, ever played in. Um, Why is that? Because everybody wants to move up. Yeah. So you're getting 110% every every game, mm-hmm. every practice. Um, when it, The structure isn't there compared to the AHL um, mm-hmm. in regards to forecheck, things like that. So, um, you know, it just it takes a lot more work. And you're getting the best from everybody every time. So, yeah, I mean, it's what you want to develop as a player. So mm-hmm. is it more physical, do you think? Or do guys go out of their way more to, to try and exert their physical presence in the ECHL? Guys are trying to fight, trying to um, prove their mettle a little bit. Uh, I would say so just because 
a lot of the hits that we take down here are, I wouldn't say they're late, but if, yeah. you, if you did them in the AHL, you're going to get out of position because everybody moves the puck so well mm. that they're moving the puck before you even get to them. Therefore, the play's already moving away from you and you're yeah. out of position. So that that guy that was forechecking you is out of position. That weak side D's jumping, you're automatically on a odd man rush. Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, you guys hit the road here coming up to uh, to take on the Norfolk Admirals. It's uh, basically a week on the road here. Do you like playing on the road and, and getting on the bus with with the fellas, or, or do you like sleeping in your own bed, playing at home? Uh, yeah, it doesn't really uh, sleeping in my bed. I'm not too picky about. Um, yeah. I kind of like hotels. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I never really used to like traveling, um, but uh, Sly and Pelly. And, uh, Davey and Tobes have got me hooked on uh, the cards. So, oh, yeah. What yeah. are you guys playing? Uh, well, uh, when we play with the actual cards, uh, Gertz is in there, too. We play uh, Schnarps. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Pelly, Sly, Davey, and Tobes, we're playing Euchre right now. So Euchre? Really? Yeah. Who, who brought that to the table? Because that's kind of a Midwestern specialty right there. I think it was Pelly and Tobes. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, there's an two app. Canadians then. Oh, slide too. So three against oh, three. One, okay, one that's um, a four-player game, Euchre. Yeah. yeah. So I usually put toe. Uh, oh, Neil's actually jumped in on it last night too. Okay. So we got another guy, but so um, are there set partners then? Because it's two v two. Yeah, you can do. Uh, we I usually play Topes or Davy. Okay. Um, Pelly and Sly. Uh, <laughs> They There's run the show. There's something fishy going on there because <laughs> they've won basically every game. And uh, something's going on there, and they're always like, oh, what are you guys talking about when we're playing – Somehow they just win every game. So okay, when there's a little table talk going I'm on, I'm gonna have to question them <laughs> their integrity towards the game. But um, yeah, I get excited for it now, and that goes back to you know my love for hockey. It's yeah. things I used to dread are my favorite things to do now. So well, we are sure glad to have you here in Atlanta. It's been a good start to the season, and we uh, we look forward to seeing uh, what you and the uh, the rest of those. Card playing fools uh, can can, uh, can produce on the ice these next few weeks here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, that was Anthony Florentino here, and Anthony, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's a real good talk with Flo there. He is just a, an all time guy, and and one of the big pillars of this Gladiators dressing room, and, and a big piece of what the Glads are doing on the ice, especially on the back end here this season. Well, the Gladiators play here tomorrow night, so that's Wednesday. That's the first of three games on the road here against the Norfolk Admirals. The Glads are here in Virginia all week. It's a 7.30 puck drop on Wednesday in Norfolk, and it's also uh, a 7.30 puck drop on Friday and Saturday as well. You can tune in on uh, the Mixler app or the Mixler web browser. That's M-I-X-L-R.com, and then look up the Gladiators Broadcast Network. You can listen for free there. You can also watch online at Flow Hockey TV, and you'll be stuck with me. Uh, so we do hope that you you tune in and catch some Gladiators hockey as they meet the Admirals for the first time this season. The Glads play at home uh, for the next time on December 8th. That's a Wednesday night against the Jacksonville Icemen. The Icemen come to town to take on the Glads. 
Wednesday at uh, 7 o'clock at Gas South Arena. That's the next Gladiators home game. If you're looking for tickets, like we said earlier, you can go to atlantagladiators.com online, or you can call the Glads front office at 770-497-5100. Calling the Glads front office is going to be the better way to go. They're going to take care of a lot of those taxes and fees that you get stuck with when you buy a ticket online. So be sure to call the Glads front office at 770-497-5100. Five one zero zero. Well, that wraps it up for this week. We thank you for tuning in here to the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. We will be back next Tuesday. Until then, we'll talk to you on the Gladiators broadcast network. The Glads play next here on Wednesday night against the Norfolk Admirals. 